0: Thursday to you. Hopefully, you're having a uh, great day out there. Got a big show playing. John Bryce is going to join us. It's one of the weirdest times in coaching history. And Blaine and I were talking about this when we sat down. We'll ask, normally, you ask John Bryce a lot of college questions, but he's with CoachingSearch.com. Uh, so we can certainly hit him with a bunch of topics or football scoop. Sorry, FootballScoop.com. com. want to make we'll
1: sure. So
0: CoachingSearch.com. com <laughs> is also a website where they do coaching stuff, or they used to, if that still exists. Uh, FootballScoop.com. I was talking to somebody about coaching search this morning. I knew I would mess that up for Bryce. FootballScoop.com. But Wayne and I were sitting here talking about this, and I I know there's a lot of stuff going on. But on National Signing Day, the head coach of Michigan flew to Minnesota and and, and interviewed for a job for nine hours that he didn't get. For the Vikings, yeah. For the Vikings. For nine hours that he didn't get. So... Of course, the joke with I can't credit everybody who put it out was he should have just gone to like some high school gymnasium with a Michigan hat and a Vikings hat and put one on since it was signing day, like announced that way. But and we're going to have Doug Matthews in hour number two of the show. If you could go back in time to Doug Matthews, like let's get in a time capsule. Let's go to back to 1985. And I'm going to tell you that in 2022, the head coach of Michigan on signing day flies to Minnesota and interviews with the Vikings. Would you believe that that was real? I'm going to ask him that question. Because yeah. he's going to have to say, uh, are you blankety blank kidding me? And I know it's not the same because the early signing period, I get all that. Changed, right? But if you were the coach of another team in that conference or anywhere that recruits against Michigan, wouldn't you say, do you really want to play with that guy who's going to lead the first chance he get?" he tried to leave this year.
2: Well, to his credit, he did tell all the recruits. I think he only lost 2 yeah. of those guys. So you got to. he was honest. He said, oh, yeah hey, I, you know, if I get an opportunity, you know, at the National Football League, I may take that." And that's why you make the decision of the school and not necessarily the coach. Easier said than done. Yeah, uh, to be honest, uh but because a lot of tentacles could have changed if he would have taken that Vikings job. And I don't know why he didn't take it. you there nine hours or you had to be pretty close. It might've been one glitch over whatever it may, let's just say if it was salary because he did take a, you know, pay cut there with Michigan from eight to 4 million and then took them to the final four. Yeah. And he goes, Hey, you know, maybe he wants them to, Hey, well, let's come back to the 6 million range. And maybe they're saying, Nope, we're not flinching. Right. We'll go in a different direction. So, you know, but I was sitting here talking about it because I said, what jobs in the world can you have one job and then go interview for another? And if you don't get that job with them knowing, by the way, with them knowing the caveat, and then you can just go back and say, you know what? I just take this job. I, I like this job. I like this job. Coaching is is just incredible because it's only so many jobs and so many guys that are elite and really good. And they have that kind of power and cachet, which is really weird to me, you know. Because you know, I I would have been sitting there, you know, I'm gonna say they're an organization. Michigan is that big. They're an organization. You go, well, man, if I don't care if you were an alumni here. If you go to interview the job, guess what? You don't want to be here. I'm already moving on. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to let you go. You we're gonna we're gonna let you go. No more pay. We just stop today, and we're gonna hire somebody else. You're not gonna have us hold beholden to you because you want to go po- coach in the NFL, well, that can change. Guess what? Next year could happen, the year after. So guess what? Let's cut our ties now. That's why I know how I would be. And I would probably be more of a hard, fast, you know, GM or, or you know.
0: Oh, you've established that. Oh, yeah. you're, you
2: straight line be- AD, because I would man. have I would have a list of guys that I'm ready to move on for because at some point the, the coach is becoming boning in power and they actually run the university. And I can't have a guy who doesn't know how to handle that mm-hmm. appropriately. Uh, I would probably be the same way if I'm a uh, an NFL GM. You know, like, remember, I was like, well, how big, how long is, uh, you know, Vrabel's contract? And he's like, oh, I don't know. We don't know. Why, why didn't we ever know his numbers and what he was making? He's no different than a player. Why don't we know? Oh, but, oh, he has one year left. Well, guess what? We're going to play this out. Taney Hill got one year left. Henry has one year left in my mind. I might as a GM, I might, I might have to run this out, run this and see where we go with it. Because it could go good, then I give you a nice little extension before, maybe halfway through the season. Mm -hmm. Or maybe I wait, and all of a sudden, it goes to crap. And guess what? If I wait, guess what? If I wait, now there's a risk you could lose him. I already got to have my punch list ready to rock and roll. You had your punch list when Malarkey was here. Mm -hmm. You were ready to rock and roll. You definitely have one uh, to move forward because you don't know if this thing could cannibalize. Nobody knows if you will be good again next year. Right. You can't assume. Some guys could get injured. Some guys could... Not be as good as they were before, uh, so all those things have to play in it to the coach, you know so i, I just kind of play by the same rules just as though if, uh I get a play, I think you can get another good head coach, or do you say I'm gonna reinvent this whole deal? I think we need to throw it around the yard, and I'm gonna go get one of these big time coordinators or or maybe even a college head coach that throws it around the yard, and it's exciting. Mm-hmm. everybody wants to come and watch us put up points, see if it can happen. It's just kind of it because if not, then. Now you're beholden to the coach, and he, you know, he basically has you by the you-know-what, and then you have no power from a gym or a university standpoint. You never want to get to that point. I mean, I, all I'll do is watch the James Franklin deal, and i go, man, somebody just whispered, hey, man, we interested in you. <laughs> <laughs> what million raise. Hey, man, we interested in James Franklin. What a raise. I'm like, dang, man, is he making $10 million? Like, wow, that's, that's a lot of clout. For Actually, go look at his record. I don't even think he has a winning record the last two seasons. And you gave him a raise. Huh? What 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 can you do in this world that you get a raise because you you failed because somebody else got one? No. So, so I I don't I don't I don't I don't play by I wouldn't be playing by those same rules. Uh I probably be uh, fired but that's kind of how I would be but playing. On
1: it. that note, Michigan reportedly elated to have Harbaugh back. Right. Yeah. So the opposite of what you're saying. Right,
2: right, exactly. Yeah. Well, I would have as soon as he went for the interview, and it, nah, we got to move forward because you know they had to already start like thinking about where they're going. They were talking about they're going to hire the assistant offensive coordinator, the running backs coach. There was rumors that Matt Rule was going to take the job all the way from Carolina, so they had start putting their ducks together. And I, I would have been like, let's let's move forward because guess what? The same thing's going to happen if he has success again. Another NFL team or teams will maybe be interested in him. So you know he's trying to get out to get to the NFL. That's what you do know. Hmm. He might have peaked this year anyway. Right, that's why he was trying to capitalize on. It. That's what Mickey was saying. A hundred percent, I think. And and there's so many openings this year, and he didn't get any
0: of them. And I've been around him some. Like i his dad was the coach at Western Kentucky once upon a time. I was a TV anchor in Bowling Green. I spent a lot of time around Harbaugh. I like him. Mm-hmm. He's a quirky dude. But I, I, anytime I talk about him, I, I spent I don't know a year and a half around him quite a bit. I like the guy.
2: But here's the thing. Yeah, I do, too, by the way. Yeah. I, I actually, we text back and forth, and he's always about onward. Yeah. That's Michigan's little stick. I should text him today and say on work. <laughs> and see what he would say. I think he would have a little sense of humor. But
0: the amazing thing is, like, this is open and notorious. He got on a plane and flew on signing day, and everybody knew. You know, why didn't that just be like, uh, I got to go and uh, uh pick up my dry cleaning. That is weird.
2: When he had some big deal like three or four years ago on signing day and did this whole big shindig, Yeah. And then all of a sudden, now you're not even present. Now, to the credit, though, they had already had all their guys signed, I think, a couple months ago. So. Yeah. But still, that's a special day. Kind of signing days kind of changed too. By the way, I'm interested to see what uh, Coach uh, Doug Matthews says about that. It's kind of not as uh, big as it used to be. It Seems like that way. What would you say, Lucas? Does signing day feel as big as it used to? Be? No, it's not even close. Did you used to say you were sick on signing
0: day oh, so you could yes. say home? That oh, was the okay. one
1: day, like in high school, where that's the only time I ever convinced, actually convinced my mom that I was sick because I was never really able to. Was on National Signing Day.
0: You had signing fever, five-star fever. fever. Yeah.
1: But nowadays, it you know, if you're trying to convince your mom you're sick for signing day in February now, what's the point? You're going to see like maybe three major prospects. <laughs> like, <laughs> they announced three preferred walk-ons day. and, yeah. you know, a guy who just got named a three-star. Right. Three, yeah, I, I mean, Josh Hypel didn't even have a press conference yesterday, Yeah, right? at, at least to my knowledge. If he did, I didn't see anything.
0: Does other. that bother you? For what that used to mean, that it literally doesn't mean anything now? I know it's a big deal when people have the early sign days. No, no,
2: no, 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 no. Do you think he didn't have it for a reason? That's first. Let's go down that road. Did, the, the, yeah, the head coach didn't have some for signing day. Most coaches are. Yeah, I mean Jimbo had one. Jim, Jimbo yeah, went on a big old, old. Yeah, he didn't mean, yeah, have one because there is no big light here about the signing day for them.
1: It was one. It was so one three
2: star a whole yeah. bunch of questions. Yeah, and then people are going to say which has been the knock on hypo is. Can he get it done in recruiting? As I mean, I'm sure Lucas knows, he's followed UTs and that was been the only knock against him.
1: Yeah, he exceeded expectations this year, but that doesn't, you know, the trajectory is good, but it doesn't mean anything going forward about him being able to compete with Texas A&M, Alabama, Georgia, because that's a whole new stratosphere that Tennessee, despite having a good class outside the top 10, that's a whole different stratosphere that they haven't been able to reach.
2: He exceeded expectations this year?
1: Yeah, I, I think on the recruiting trail, I'd say he did. Who, who's their who's their top
2: three recruits that they signed?
1: Uh, James Pierce was a big one, the edge rusher that, you know, uh-huh. a, a few services. On three recently made him a five-star prospect. Right. I know uh, right. Justin Williams, the running back, I believe, out of Georgia, four-star that was teetering on signing day. Yeah, I
2: think he was a West Virginia commit.
1: A couple big-time defensive linemen. that So Tennessee got more guys that maybe would have been 50-50 than not on the early signing period in December. He exceeded expectations, but there's still a massive gap between Tennessee and the top three classes in the country, which all happen to be in the SEC,
2: mm, I, I don't know about that one. I'm, I'm He's dig a sixteen
0: little deeper. according to the twenty four seven
2: rankings. Expectation that's a, that's a reach for me. I'm gonna have to dig a little bit deeper on that with Lucas.
0: And they are on on twenty four 7s rankings. They're number seven in the SEC.
2: Right. That's the thing.
1: You yeah. can get a top fifteen class and be middle of the pack in your conference. In this conference, it's absolute
0: bananas. The level. I mean. Think about that. Hey, we're 16 in the nation. That's awesome. Where are you in your conference? Seven. <laughs>
2: I mean... Well, I mean, you're in the SEC. You it's, it's relative to, as Lucas just said, I just don't... I'm trying to figure out, besides Pierce, the running backs, you can get running backs anywhere. So I, I just think he's solid. I mean, he's going to be good. He's going to be in the rotation. So I just... I just don't know impactful players immediately that that are going to be new and young in the trenches. You know that takes a minute here in the SEC. Yeah. Uh, whether what side of the ball you're on, uh, especially if you're getting you know middle of the road talent as far as SEC out of high school. Uh, so it, it's going to be interesting to watch. One thing I can say about Hypo is that I think he did a great job with Pruitt players and developing them. Pruitt did a good job of recruiting, just not developing them. Mm-hmm. I think this staff does a better job of development, and we'll see how much they can do in recruiting and as quickly as you can develop. So to me, the true test now is if just imagine if Hooker and Tillman left, which were Pruitt guys. They would be in a world of hurt right now as far as because offense leads the way for them. Yeah, they would be, boy, you'd be like, ooh, I hope we can be, you know, in the middle of the road again and
0: <laughs> hey man hooker you coming know, like back
2: velas jones too i mean but you, the guys that got, man it's I, I i think recruiting is going to come into play here and they're going to have to get some higher level players and, and maybe they get them from the portal which they haven't really uh gotten into quite yet they may be waiting till after spring uh and then they can get some elite players sec proven type guys uh so yeah that i think is it's, it's going to be interesting to see how well they they do
0: we are aware that Aaron Rodgers is uh, going to be a Williamson County property owner. That's not lost. We'll certainly get to that at some point today during the show. Aaron
2: Rodgers is, is buying property? That's what they say. Wilco. Oh, okay. oh yeah. You know, I found out saying, oh, he's flipping property. Maybe so. No, I'm just kidding. He's an investor. <laughs> I mean, he is not, that does not mean that he's coming. Doesn't mean that he is or he isn't coming, but, I mean, the house won't be built for another year, right? Let me just say this. If we
0: were living in Buffalo and he bought a house at Buffalo, hey, man, we'd lead the show with that. Like we're throwing a parade. Well, well you got you Josh move-
2: Allen, so I don't know if you'd be leading. But well, I'm just <laughs> saying, just pick a
0: city that's uh-huh. not Nashville. Sorry, Buffalo. You're a good place. You got good people. Uh, but it, if it if he moved like to if he moved to Seattle, if he moved to Charlotte, North Carolina, it'd be like uh, say what?
2: First of all, you can live anywhere you want to live. That guarantee you. And, uh, and there have I've been in multiple places. And there have been yeah, many times in California. where Blaine and Mir are
0: talking about some player. And Blaine's like, oh, I know that guy. And I'm like, how do you know him? He's like, he lives here. Yep. yep. <laughs> Nobody talks about it, but that guy lives here. There's a lot of that guys that live here. All right, we'll get to that coming up. But let's get to John Bryce next. It's Blaine and Mickey. Blaine and Mickey, 104.5 The Zone. John Bryce set to join us here uh, any moment now. Looks yeah. like Lucas is uh, talking well, to In him. the
2: meantime, I, uh, Mr. Chad, I love looking at this chat here. Zach Bunch, you are absolutely wrong. Hooker was recruited by the Pruitt staff. Hypo had nothing to do. You know who Hypo recruited? Maybe you're getting confused. Oh, Mr. Milton. president's his name, Milton, right? From Michigan. Hooker was there. Uh, with Pruitt and those crew, he he recruited them. He came in there after maybe he was fired, but that is their guy, and he committed to them. So sorry, there, buddy.
0: Talking to uh, Zach in his own TV chat. By the way, you can always give us feedback there if you want, or on uh, that's uh, correct, right, Lucas? Our Twitter at Blaine and Mickey.
1: I didn't catch that. I was yeah, chatting, that Hooker was recruited by uh, Pruitt staff. Yes, uh, yes, mm-hmm. from through the transfer portal. Yep. Yep.
0: Mm-hmm. John Bryce was recruited by us uh for this segment. <laughs> <laughs>
3: nice.
2: JB, how
0: how in the world are you doing? I know you're in uh, in South Bend, so we got rain pouring down, it may ice later. What kind of white death winter situation are you dealing with right now?
3: Yeah, we've got about eleven inches of snow on the ground. And, oh. <laughs> um yeah, that's that's the truth. And the last time I checked the feels like temperature it was feels like five degrees. Oh. So uh now I see that it has warmed up to feels like seven, so that's that's where we are today in uh, beautiful, picturesque South Bend, Indiana. So, I, um, no, I, my sure, wife and I I'm did sure get around, awesome. and yeah, we we did go over to uh, campus and do some hiking around Notre Dame, and um, it's it's always beautiful, but it is especially beautiful with uh, snow blanketing the Golden Dome and uh, the ground, and so it was a uh, it was a nice peaceful. Uh, walk across campus in some frigid frigid weather
0: (laughs) john price walking through the frigid streets of uh of Bend, indiana let's let's start with this uh what do you think is the end game with the brian flores lawsuit john bryce a football scoop our guest what's what's the end game like what's the what's the best thing that could happen as a result of all this
3: you know, I think the the best thing is that um, all the process are closely examined and reevaluated, and, um, you, you know, um, I believe in organizations being able to hire who they determine is going to be the best person for the job, but it shouldn't be predetermined. And, and I think all of us have uh, probably been in some situations where we've wondered if a, a job interview – um, didn't already have somebody else in mind. Certainly, I can't relate to what Brian Flores went through in any way, shape, or form, uh, but I think, you know, he's, he's saying if it means he doesn't get to coach anymore and he's passionate about coaching again and wants to coach again, he's willing to make himself be the guy out there who potentially sacrifices his coaching career in order to um, shed greater light on this and um, be at the the interview process that he just went through with the Giants um, and the text messages that he shared that he says are from Bill Belichick to the um, anecdotal situation of dealing with Dolphins owner Steven Ross and and whatever comes of that. Um, Those are very, very serious issues. I'm not sure which one would be most serious for the NFL, but both are egregious serious issues for the NFL. So I think Brian Flores is, putting himself out there, saying he believes so very strongly in this that he's taking an absolute stand and hoping that it will benefit uh, his coaching and scouting and front office brethren. Do you think he coaches
0: in the NFL again?
3: I absolutely do. Do I Do I know if he will be a head coach again? I'm not sure, um, but I absolutely believe he will coach in the NFL again. He's too good of a coach, and I think that that's um, – you know the organizations that get it right—they don't care about anything but how good you are as a coach and how much you can help them win. At John D. Bryce
0: One, that's where you can follow him on Twitter or uh, anywhere where you consume football scoop. John Bryce, our guest.
2: Well, JB, I guess tell us a little bit about what's going on here at Auburn with his staff. He's lost his offensive coordinator and his defensive coordinator, uh, Brian Harson. Is—is—is is it him or is it just uh, you know guys? just not good fits and they're they're moving on because this seems like this is going down a bad trail here uh with coaches uh leaving.
3: Yeah, it's it's a bizarre situation Blaine and we've got to remember that a year ago Tracy Rocker got there and then uh left almost immediately and then back in the fall uh, I think it was Cornelius Williams, I believe that's his name, but the wide receivers coach that yep. was fired mm-hmm. like 3 weeks into the season um and then you have Mike Bobo, and, and they separate, and that was clear that, that Brian Harson wanted to go a different direction, but then you hire a guy uh, who determines he's not a fit for you after just a very few weeks and and he very abruptly leaves in, in just a bizarre situation and I think Derek Mason uh had made it clear that that he believed he needed a a change of scenery and I still think Derek Mason may end up having n f l opportunities before it's all said and done but um it's a it's a troubling situation in my opinion, because this is year one going into year two, not part of a brand new transition, so you expect a lot of this stuff. Um, I think, quite frankly, when you're going from a transition of a guy who'd been a veteran coach for you and Gus Malzahn to a guy in Brian Harson who had never coached on this side of the country, but had had great success at, at Boise. So you expect a lot of this in the early going, um, but it just seems so bizarre. And, and I honestly think um, it's probably more emblematic of what's going on at Auburn as a whole than it is any individual fault with with brian harson or any other individual i don't think there was consensus when it came down i know there was not consensus when it came time to fire gus malzahn 13 months ago or 14 months ago and there wasn't consensus on the decision to to hire brian harson there were a lot of people who had say in that process of uh trying to find gus malzahn's replacement not only did they go after brent venables but they went after tony elliott of course both were coordinators at Clemson at the time they tried to go after Billy Napier he interviewed he withdrew his name from consideration because he didn't get a good vibe about things and and I don't think it, it remotely all stems on athletics director Alan Green because Alan Green is is very well regarded in the athletics administration industry and is an incredibly bright guy I just think Auburn has um a lot of issues that would Probably be more clear or have more attention on them if Auburn was in a larger media market.
2: Mm, no doubt about it. When well, with John Bryce with Football Scoop, uh, I guess kind of explain us. Uh, I mean, I saw Jimbo Fisher and and Bama and Saban and everybody talking about these NIL deals. And I guess I don't know. Some people are trying to accuse that <laughs> they're paying them money, but isn't that what NIL is? I mean, just kind of explain to us, you know, how this changing college football. Uh, and, yeah. and maybe maybe some regulations maybe need to be put in or limitations on our policies for uh, the NIL deals.
3: Yeah, and, and, you know, there's a lot of allegations out there right now, and there's a lot of hearsay. And um, you hear enough of it, and I use the term you generically, so it, it could be me or whomever, hear enough of it about other coaches, so you know what's going on, but it's also – Um, on some levels I'm sure being exaggerated I I still stick by what Deion Sanders said several weeks ago when he said there are people out there uh, paying these NIL deals for um, guys that have never played a a snap of college football that haven't set foot on a college campus and he was like if that's the case I don't see that you cannot possibly justify your return on investment and I tend to agree with that. Now, look, Dion's son, Shadour, just got a deal with Gatorade last week or the first of this week. It all runs together. Um, but I think that's great. Grambling University is announcing more deals uh, for all of its student athletes coming down the pike from a NIL standpoint. But you are going to see more coaches complaining about wanting some guardrails on it because it's not supposed to be able to, to have deals arranged in order to get a kid to sign with schools. But but whatever sides the deals are, those are definitely happening right now. You're definitely having guys that are getting deals uh, guaranteed to them before they sign with the school. And, and there's various loopholes. Some people maybe don't even care about the loopholes. Some schools are saying, like, oh, well, we can't guarantee you this deal, wink, wink, nod, nod. But our last running back just signed a – $100,000 deal with company Y, and we don't see any reason why you could also get a $100,000 deal with company Y, wink, wink, nod, nod. So that's kind of what people are complaining about. I think a, a fair amount of it is being uh, exaggerated in terms of the true dollar figures, but there's some big money, absolutely big six-figure deals floating around out there. Um, and look, I had a, a college coach tell me within the last month, he, he just said, Bryce, a kid that maybe you needed to find uh 30,000 for a year ago to, to uh, help him out in some way, shape or form, come to your program probably now needs a hundred thousand dollar NIL deal to come to your program. Mm. And, um, and his point was, these are not four and five star prospects either. These are guys that are core program guys that now are expecting to be paid. And so I think that's kind of where we're at, but it's, it's right now an almost impossible situation to govern and legislate because it is so nebulous and it is um, so subjective and uh, mm-hmm. open to so much interpretation. And, and frankly, the NCAA has never been more toothless. Yeah, no doubt.
2: No doubt. Uh, I guess one more for me, and that is, uh, I guess talk a little bit about what your thoughts are on our 2022 class uh, in recruiting for Tennessee and also the strategy behind all these walk-ons, I guess, getting signed for National Signing Day. Is an NIL deal, I guess, in the works for these guys or or something that we don't know? Because these are quality players. These guys, some of them had offers from other uh, Power 5 schools, by the way, too, as well.
3: Yeah, I mean, a lot of these guys are Tennessee natives, so um, you wonder how. Some of the the lottery based education funding comes into play there, so maybe they're being uh, preferred walk ons, but they're still getting their school paid for. Um, I don't think there's necessarily a bunch of guaranteed NIL deals out there to get guys to to come to a place and become a preferred walk on. You know, a, again, like Tennessee got three significant preferred walk ons, but they're all Tennessee natives who are coming home, so to speak. Uh, Michigan got some preferred walk-ons yesterday and earlier this week as well uh, just uh, among other places out there that were able to do that and I think that uh, even maybe Alabama or Auburn and I know Georgia got a preferred walk-on for Stetson Bennett's brother so you're seeing a little bit more of the preferred walk-on especially in states um, where there's maybe a chance to um, have some state funding that pays for your college education in terms of Tennessee's uh 2022 class they did a really nice job in December of closing strong when they didn't think they were necessarily going to um and and we'll see how that plays out I think Tennessee football has tried to be pretty uh progressive and aggressive with name and image likeness opportunities for people and they're working with the Spire group there in Knoxville and I think that that's Um, having an early impact and will continue to have a greater impact because of some of the people involved with that. Um, And Tennessee is still trying to balance its um, scholarship numbers from a standpoint of of dealing with the NCAA and the ongoing investigation uh, under the Jeremy Pruitt regime. And so I think Tennessee has positioned itself to say, hey, we've taken some penalties here. We've cut out some recruiting stuff. We've we've not played with a full roster last year. We're still not at a, we're a full 85 right now. We've kind of done all that we need to do, focus your uh, additional punitive measures on Jeremy Pruitt and uh, kind of let our program move forward. And I think that's Tennessee's mindset.
2: We're on with
0: John Bryce with Football Scoop. So, JB, I, I, I'm interested now because you've got people who are saying, well, it's hypocritical, and Lane Kiffin talking about what akin to a, a salary cap and that kind of thing for NIL, a- and Jimbo super defensive yesterday. Here's the thing. There's always been haves and have-nots, and this has even taken the haves to the highest of level of who has these unbelievable NIL deals. I don't know why anybody wouldn't just lean into it right now. I don't know what you'd fight back about or deny. I don't know why you wouldn't say, heck, yeah this is the place to get paid.
3: (laughs) Yeah. And, and, you know, um, Jimbo made the point that, that Bryce young talked about, or that Nick Saban, even before the season started, talked about Bryce young getting around a million dollar NIL deal. I had another college football official tell me that ultimately 67 Alabama football players from this past year's Alabama roster had NIL deals, 67 players for more than $3 million. Uh, according to a college football official with direct knowledge. So, yeah, lean into it. It's that era that we're in. Um, you know, Lane says a lot of stuff because Lane knows he's going to get a reaction. And, <laughs> look, if I, if, if I know Lane is going to be on ESPN like he was two days ago, we're going to be on ESPN to hear Lane um, because it's good for business and it's certainly entertaining for college football. So you've got a lot of people – who are talking about it. I haven't heard anyone present a very viable, sensible solution for this. And until we hear that, you're going to find more people scared of legislating it than scared of not legislating it because they fear, they fear repercussions in the form of of lawsuits and they fear um, people talking about things being unfairly prohibited. Now, the one thing I will say in talking with some college football administrative-level sources in the last couple of weeks is that after some of the meetings uh, in Indianapolis of the uh, executive level of athletics directors across college athletics, there's talk about moving. It's The model is moving towards making these student-athletes employees of their respective institutions and what are going to be the ramifications of that. And mm-hmm. so I think that could be – what we see coming as a part of the evolution of trying to get name and image likeness under control and kind of dispel this wild west um, aura that surrounds it right now. And it sounds like one of the potential solutions is having the scholarship student athletes become employees of the school.
0: Oh, well, I mean, if something like that happens, you start talking about like different levels of insurance and all this other kind of stuff benefit wise.
3: Yeah, exactly. That's yeah. That's that's exactly right. It yeah. raises a whole additional level of uh, certainly restrictions and requirements and obligations. Oh, okay. oh man, uh, oh,
2: taxes.
3: Yeah, taxes. Mine just said
0: taxes. I mean, you once you start getting issued tax forms, uh, you know, with a W in front of them, then uh, then it, it, that's going to be real interesting to see what happens. You're gonna have to have some staff well, accountants yeah. then.
3: Yeah. Now, you know, my wife's a CPA. I joked with her that she should uh, sharpen her resume and send it to every major college football program in the country right now, and, and we would go to the highest bidder. But, um, you know, the fact of the matter is anybody signing an NIL deal now is still being issued tax documentation. Sure. He or she is still receiving a 1099, and, and so then that person is having to pay self-employment taxes and, and personal income taxes. Um, as an individual contractor so those things are already being issued right now but yes then it becomes paying social security paying FICA paying Medicare all of that Um, that's what what the next level becomes if college athletes become some sort of employees of the schools
0: man John Bryce just breaking it all down here on Blaine and Mickey
2: well I guess real quick before you let you go uh you know, Kevin Steele uh, is now the DC at the U. How big a get is that? When I, I think he committed to Maryland initially, Maryland. he's working there, wasn't he?
3: Yeah, yeah, he had um, he had committed to Maryland and had uh, shown up there. I, I talked with some people at Maryland earlier this week. Actually, I just got a text message from there. Uh, from somebody there earlier this week that just said, Kevin Steele, exclamation point, and then we just sort of laughed about it because that person had been familiar with uh, the Kevin Steele saga at the University of Tennessee a year ago. So it's a good gift for for Mario and and for the Hurricanes, and Kevin Steele has always uh, recruited South Florida very well and recruited the South well, and so uh, we already saw Mario's impact in that regard. I think Miami had the number one class of all the major programs in the state of Florida. For 2022, and um, he obviously had less time than just about anybody to make that happen. So I think that already signals the direction that Mario will go in recruiting. But, but Kevin Steele has been a proven, very fine defensive coordinator. I'm still envious of the fact that he he got paid around nine hundred thousand dollars the last year from the University of Tennessee, <laughs> not yeah. not to work. I will I will sign a contract with anybody that wants to pay me <laughs> nine hundred thousand dollars not to work. Yeah, so so I'll uh, say that I've done that night. here, yeah. Yeah, good, good <laughs> hire. Million, uh, <laughs> good hire for for Miami and Mario. They still got to nail down the offensive side of things. Um, they they kicked several tires in that regard and, and haven't landed on one consensus choice at this time.
0: Bryce, f- fantastic stuff, man. People need to follow you at John D. Bryce One, uh, anywhere they want to uh, read up on football scoop stuff. Thank you, man. Appreciate the time, buddy. Enjoy the snow.
3: Yeah, I appreciate it, boys. I'll uh, I'll tweet a photo at you so that you can see what we're dealing with here in the bend. All right, just some nice Notre Dame
0: scenery in the background. That'd be my only request that we can see. Yeah. yeah.
3: That's happening right now, I promise. Oh. As as I... Take care. Yes. John appreciate
0: Bryce that. tweeting us some uh South Bend, Indiana uh stuff. We'll be retweeting that from Blade and Mickey too. All right. Uh we got a poll question out. All this talk about you got a quarterback buying land, uh, Aaron Rodgers in middle Tennessee and all this stuff. So a bunch of you are just like willing to throw away the checkbook so we have a question out on Blaine and Mickey how many years of losing records would you be willing to trade for your team to go all in trade their draft assets spend all their cap money how many years would you years would you be willing to lose after that that question is up at Blaine and Mickey phone lines yeah, open six one five seven three seven and a quarterback six one five seven three seven one oh four five Blaine to Mickey 1045 the zone rolling through a thursday i just see water everywhere in the sky it's raining like crazy out there i just i looked outside it looked like a wall of water hitting the radio station yeah. we're under the water here uh be careful if you're out driving around in this oh, yeah. be careful what you wish for because a lot of people are so the, the news comes out yesterday Jared Stillman local radio guy he comes out and he says hey man I, somebody told me Aaron Rodgers is moving here well then i guess somebody told you earlier Brent Doherty had, had, had said something. Oh,
2: yeah, yeah. He said something, I think, last week. That month
0: our something. own Brent Doherty had said this, and we just hadn't picked up on it. Um, so now A to Z sports, they confirmed it in some of Aaron Rodgers' old teammates. You know, they're going to move here, too. And and some people are like, yeah, just throw away whatever it takes, all the money in the world. So Blaine and I were talking, I said, I just wonder, you go all in, Aaron Rodgers or anybody who comes here at the end of their career, maybe they play one year. Maybe they play two, like the Bucks got two years out of Tom Brady, But they got a Super Bowl. Now they got cap problems. Now who's the quarterback?
2: They didn't have to do a bunch of trade and everything else. They I mean, didn't have like, to. It wasn't heavy.
0: heavy. But like the, the Rams?
2: They, they went all in. They, they went
0: all. In. They traded in. first rounders, more than one second Continue. rounders, third I mean, rounders. Von four. Miller. This year. I mean, yeah, they kept going. They just went all in. How many years would you be willing to lose? So let's say the team said, screw it. Aaron Rodgers... Get your house built in Brentwood and come on up here. And we're going to eat a $40 million cat pit for you and eat all of Tannehill's dead cap and trade him away. And, it, and we'll just be eating and cleaning up this mess. We're going to trade two first rounders for you. So, yeah, we're just going all in. How many years would you be willing to lose after that? To be, you mean to suck? Yes, suck. To go six and whatever, or five and whatever, or four and whatever. 17 games now so just subtract that from 17 <laughs> exactly. it's that
2: many games. I don't know that's that's tough for me being a competitor just to put all your chips just if we're using the the scenario of the Titans which they probably would have more of a cap hit if you're talking about Tanny Hills contract and with after trading him uh and then adding Aaron Rodgers who's going to want 40 million a year <laughs> I mean And contract.
0: he's at the last year of his contract so he's going to want at least
2: another year on yeah. his deal if not two more well, okay, and I'll say this: then the team, then the fans need to get comfortable with that. Uh, probably, Lawan won't be on the team. Saffold, uh naturally, Tannehill, and a possibility of even the King. So then you have to replace all those players. Harold with, Landry, how you gonna Harold pay Landry? Him? Yeah, I mean they, we can go down the list. So then you're gonna have some average pra- players around them. Maybe you still have some skilled guys uh, to throw to. I like kind of you know the Bengals. Average average offensive line, I think, you know, JR's is a little bit better than their gym, so I think it would be a little above average uh, to go all in with your quarterback and see if you can get it done. Now, with that being said, he's sitting at home and he's available. Russell Wilson sitting at home available. There has to be a lot of breaks that you have to get throughout the season and especially in the playoffs and the football gods uh, to be in the right situation to let it take you all the way. Look, Tom Brady did it. That's one example. That's what? He's the greatest of all time. The other players are not. They are great players in their own right. They're Hall of Fame players. I just don't think they bring the caveat of, I want to play for Tom Brady. I don't think a lot of people are, oh, I'm going to go play with Aaron Rodgers. I just don't think he has the same cachet as Tom Brady. Not that he's not a better talent. It's just that Tom Brady acts like a normal dude. He's the dude of dudes. I mean, you can have a general conversation. He's not an elitist. He's just a common guy who's a blue collar guy who's uh, risen to stardom. So I just don't, I just, I, I wouldn't do it if it was me. I, I just, as if I was the GM, I, I, I wouldn't do it. Not, not with that situation now. If Tannehill was a free agent, as though we're saying two years ago or whatever it was, three years ago, and I wanted Tom Brady at that time over. Tannehill that was the only it was which two years ago two years ago I, that was the only thing that would make me go outside of Tannehill because I think Tannehill is above average and if for you to go all in they have to be proven and better which Aaron Rodgers is but you're going to lose some things along the way which is really going to put you right back where you are it, to me I, I just can't do it risk everything knowing nothing is guaranteed and that may not even make the playoffs with a lot of pieces around Aaron Rodgers being a little bit different, so I, I I couldn't do it. I know every, you know a lot of fans would do it, uh, but there's no. I wish you could say in team sports that that would guarantee us. We know we're going to the Super Bowl. Nah, I, I, I'll take that risk and I I'll ride with Tanny for one more year. Then I can escape that contract. Well, the, movie. the clubhouse leader
0: right now is people would be willing to lose one to two years. So here's the question. One would you be willing years. to lose none? Yeah, you know, I don't want a losing record. I'm not willing to do it. Would you have a sucky team for one to two years, three to four years, or five or more? You would be shocked at how many people are answering five or more years. I, I, I'm not, so they I thought I was going to win. Bowl. Yeah. You, you, this, is, and this is saying you
2: know you're going to win. That's it. why I keep saying there's no guarantee that you're going <laughs> to the Super Bowl. There's no guarantee you're going to the playoff. All and, right. And oh, by the way, we have some what do you call it? Uh, I guess uh footage, I guess, or for all our listening ears that can hear it, of Rabel is actually we'll let you listen to it next segment here when we come back from break. It's good friends with yours truly, this building house here, Aaron Rogers. And we have it on record. We'll let you listen to that on your way back on the other side. That's
0: true. Also, we will go to the phones because you guys are on the line you want to talk about this. So we will go to the phones as soon as we come back. We'll start our number two with the phones. Also, the coach, Doug Matthews, is going to join us uh, with all the latest from Tennessee, signing period, latest on the transfer portal, all, all that stuff. We'll get to all that coming up. But uh, your calls and how long would you be willing to suck to win a Super Bowl? Blaine and Mickey.